The Sacramento Kings are in a bit of an identity crisis. They scored just 89 points tonight in their loss to the Houston Rockets. And the question has to be asked, with the focus and intensity on improving the defense, is the sacrifice to the offense too much for this team to overcome? We'll discuss right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for our first deposit match up to $100. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and Sacramento sports reporter for ABC 10 News. And first and foremost, tonight sucks for Sacramento sports fans. Sac State got their butt kicked by Montana. We saw what happened to the Sacramento Kings against the Houston Rockets. And just now, before I started recording, the Sacramento Republic FC soccer team was eliminated in the Western Conference Final. They blew a lead on their uh, home pitch at Heart Health Park. It's a bit of a rough night for Sacktown sports fans. An all-too-familiar feeling with that Western Conference Finals loss, unfortunately. But with all the emotional frustration or sadness or disappointment from this night in Sacramento sports, I will say that it's towing a fine line. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I will cross that line probably once or twice tonight. The overreactions to the Kings losing tonight's game against the Houston Rockets, 107 to 89, the final score. It's game five, right? Bad games happen for every team. This is probably not going to be the, the the only bad loss that the Sacramento Kings suffer over the course of the season. Think back to last season, right? Not just the 0-4 start, but the loss at home to Washington, the loss at home to Charlotte. Like, even with how great last season was, there were some bad losses mixed in. So, it's certainly not the end of the world. It's not worth lighting everything on fire, demanding trades, questioning everything the Sacramento Kings are doing. Although, there are some things that do need to be questioned when it comes to Sacramento's identity. Their, their, their identity, what this Kings team is known for, what they established themselves as last year, is the best, most prolific, and dynamic offense that the NBA has ever seen, at least statistically, in the regular season. The Kings have gone completely away from that. Over their last two games, their scoring is way down. They scored 101 points and then 89 points. Well, Matt, De'Aaron Fox isn't playing. We know how important De'Aaron Fox is. He's a 31-point-per-game scorer. Naturally, there is going to be an offensive drop-off with De'Aaron Fox out. I agree with you. And it's not just the points that he's scoring, but it's De'Aaron Fox's presence on the court, right? He opens up so much for his teammates just by being on the floor. Whether the ball is in his hands or not, defenses are so focused on him that Keegan Murray slips their mind for a second. Or even DeMontis Sabonis at times might slip away for a second. But De'Aaron Fox being out over the last two games does not excuse or is, is, is not something that we can just brush the poor Kings shooting under the rug for. It, it's not that the Kings are getting worse shots with Fox being out and missing worse shots. They're still getting a lot of good looks. 
and they're not hitting. And in fact, this issue goes beyond these last two games with De'Aaron Fox being out. Now, they're the most prominent with how poorly the Kings have played offensively uh, in, in these last two performances. But really, you can look back to the playoffs, right? Before the playoffs last season, the Sacramento Kings averaged 120 points per game. Defensively, they gave up 118 points per game. It's a plus two, so it's, a, it's, a, it's positive on the ratio, which is the reason why they won more games than they lost, won a lot more games than they lost last season. 118 points per game allowed is certainly not good. 120 is the best that we've ever seen a team average during the regular season. So it's okay to not expect the Sacramento Kings to be able to carry out the 120. But here is what the Sacramento Kings are averaging offensively and defensively from game one of the playoffs to tonight. The defense has improved. Absolutely has improved. The Kings played much better defense in the playoffs than I thought they played consistently at any point over the, uh, the course of last season. And in some aspects tonight, the Kings defense against the Houston Rockets was embarrassing, abysmal. And we'll talk about how poorly, especially the Kings starters played tonight. We'll get to that a little bit later on after we sort out this identity uh, crisis and, and issue that the Kings are dealing with. But Sacramento, their defense has improved if you include the playoffs and the regular season to this point. They've dropped from 118 points per game allowed to 115 points per game allowed. Hey, a three-game or a three-point improvement, that's good. You absolutely take that. You're pleased with that. So there is noticeable improvement from last regular season to the playoffs in this regular season up to this point. That's a positive. The problem is the offense has dropped off from 120 points per game to 114 points per game. A six point per game difference and more importantly that's 114 points per game they're averaging scoring and 115 points per game they're averaging giving up so they went from a plus two to a minus one in that category which means they're going to lose more games and lo and behold they are losing more games so the question that needs to be asked is of course it makes sense for mike brown and the sacramento kings to want to improve the defense. Duh, right? The, the Kings' defense was terrible last year in the mid-20s. So, like, we're talking bottom of the league. And we know that if the Kings could get their defense to the middle of the pack, which coming into tonight, they were around the middle of the pack in terms of defensive rating. If they could keep it there while having that offense still be in the top of the league, then they're probably in really good shape. I talked to Mike Brown during preseason, during training camp, and I asked him, like, how much are you willing to sacrifice and how much of your offense are you allowing to be affected by the focus on the defensive end of the ball? We can't ignore the fact that since the Kings defense uh, has improved in the playoffs and during the regular season that the offense is dropping. This Kings team is unrecognizable offensively compared to what they were last season. And that offense last season is what made Kevin Durant go, holy crap, how do you start this, uh, stop this team? That offense last season is what completely turned this organization around. I get you want to improve your weaknesses. And maybe you can take little bits and pieces away from your offense. But the reality is, by the looks of it, at this point, with the Kings' focus on the defensive end and their effort that they're exerting on the defensive end, it hasn't taken a little bit away from the offense. It's taken six points per game away. It's taken this team looking like their dynamic offensive self. They've had good offensive games every once in a while, right? They started out the season with 130 points against the Utah Jazz. So there have been moments that the offenses look the same. 
But last season, consistently, that offense looked unstoppable, and we really haven't seen that more than a flash and a pan at times over the course of the playoffs and, of course, of this season so far. Like, think about the three-point shooting for a second. Like, the three-point shooting in so many ways was the bread and butter for the Kings. They were never top of the league in three-point shooting last season, but their floor spacing and their outside shooting was what allowed for so much of the success of the dribble handoff game with DeMontis Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox trying to get downhill and attack the basket. And naturally, because of the way those two play, especially De'Aaron Fox and even Malik Monk to some extent, that opens up opportunity on the perimeter. Well, none of that matters if you can't hit shots. The Kings shot 11 of 41 from three-point range tonight. That's 26.8%. Coming into tonight's game, the Kings led the league and I think still do lead the league in three-point attempts per game. They're taking more threes than ever before, and they're hitting at a low 30s percentage clip. Coming into tonight, they were at 33.9%. That number has now dropped because of their poor shooting tonight. A lot of these three-pointers, even with De'Aaron Fox out, are still wide-open looks that they are missing. That's not because Fox is injured. That's because whether it's tired legs, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a cold spell that this team has been on for a handful of months. I, don't, I can't really explain it to you, but it is concerning. Because if this is who the Kings end up being, and it takes them a month or two to figure that out, they've gone away from their strength. They've gone away from what made them so good in the first place. What made them, many thought, a sleeper team to make a deep playoff run. What made them a team that, you could say, yeah, maybe defensively they weren't great, but how in the hell do you keep up with their offense? Do I expect when De'Aaron Fox comes back, the offense to look better? Absolutely. No, duh. And again, we're not panicking after five games. We're not willing to say, like, the Kings offense is dead and Mike Brown needs to make some changes or, like, move Kevin Herter out of the starting lineup, remove this guy out of the starting lineup. Like, I'm not there yet. It's five games in. It's fine. Kings have a lot of time to make this up. But just looking at the trend, a trend that has continued since the defense has looked better. Again, tonight, the defense was not good. But over the course of the playoffs and most of this regular season, with the focus on the defensive end, it has looked better. But the offense continues to drop off and is now, at this point, consistently struggling. I don't think we can just chalk that up to, oh, it's a cold spell that the Kings are in right now and just kind of leave it at that and ignore some of the signs that we're seeing at this point. I think the Kings need to get back to their identity. They have a really good opportunity, and we'll talk about this a little later on. They have an opportunity to bounce back against the exact same team on Monday, take on the Houston Rockets again. Whether De'Aaron Fox plays or not, I don't give a damn. I want to see this Kings team offensively look like the team that they're capable of being. Because credit to the Houston Rockets defense, they played solid defense tonight. And we're going to talk about how piss poor the Kings starters played in just a second. They were completely outplayed by the Rockets starters. The, the Kings were almost completely outplayed by the entire Rockets team, period. Sacramento's bench did a pretty good job tonight. So if there's a silver lining or, or something to be happy about, it's like the play of Colby Jones and Malik Monk and uh, JaVale McGee and Chris Duarte off the bench. Those four guys, the only guys that gave Sacramento a chance in this game. But defensively, while the Houston Rockets, I thought, did do a solid job, that's not an excuse for how poorly the Sacramento Kings have played and did play tonight offensively. They need to turn that around immediately. I need to see this Kings team, not just for one game or two games, I need to see this Kings team consistently get back to scoring. And if it takes a tiny bit of a step back defensively 
in order to do that, or if it takes Mike Brown using a, a practice or a shoot-around instead of drilling defense over and over and over and over again, diving headfirst back into the offensive side of the ball and reestablishing that, that's what I think needs to happen. This Kings team needs to get back to what made them good in the first place. This Kings team needs to reestablish that and then work to add on these defense improvements again. After all that has happened in Sacramento sports tonight, I might need to get a drink. Thankfully, I know exactly where to go. Sackyard Community Tap House, the first ever local sponsor here of the Locked On Kings podcast, and I couldn't be more happy to have them on board. If you're looking for a place, whether it's after work or on a weekend with friends or whatever, it may be even to throw a birthday party or you just want to go out and have a good time, Sackyard is perfect. They have so many amazing beers on tap for you to try, plus local wines uh, that are absolutely delicious. They have uh, different events that come through all the time from uh, live music on their stage and their outdoor patio. It's a family-friendly environment. They have lawn games out there for the kids, and they also encourage you to bring your pets by. You can find dogs, whether it's owner's dogs and some of the barkeep's dogs or just bar, uh, those who are enjoying a drink, bringing their dogs along with them. There's so many great events uh, that are coming through Sackyard all the time, including an event that I'm very excited about on November 15th. Kings versus Lakers in Los Angeles. I will be hosting the first ever Locked on Kings watch party from Sackyard. So come by and get discounts on uh, your drinks, a 10% discount every single time you mention Locked on Kings going to Sackyard. That's not just on the uh, the, the watch party night, uh, but that's anytime that you go. So make sure you mention Locked on Kings when you go. I love Sackyard. They're incredible. Can't wait uh, for that live event. I hope you will join me there. Sackyard is the home. For the Locked on Kings listener. One of the things we've heard a lot about with this Kings team is improved accountability. We heard a lot about guys that were getting on each other during training camp. At times it was getting a little, a little chippy because guys were holding each other accountable with the focus that this Kings team needs to be better. Accountability not just coming from Mike Brown and his coaching staff. And we know that Mike holds guys accountable. If he's not liking what he's seeing, he'll call a timeout quickly and all the cameras in the world could be on him. He does not care. He'll go right up to the player he needs to talk to and chew him out or have an animated conversation if that's what needs to happen in order to make a positive change. He did that tonight at one point with Keegan Murray. So accountability is something that we believe and we're told is a hyper focus for the Kings team this year. And that's great to hear. I don't need to see it in action with this Kings starting lineup tonight, but I hope to God, whether it's over the next couple days and, or over tomorrow in and, and practice or shoot-around or film session or whatever the hell they're doing tomorrow or tonight during halftime after the game, whether it was from Mike Brown or De'Aaron Fox, who was there basically acting as a coach, or any of the players, like this starting five tonight needs to be held accountable because how they performed was embarrassing. The way they started this game being completely outworked, out-hustled, and outplayed on both ends of the floor by the Houston Rockets starting five, which is a good starting five, by the way. I don't think the Houston Rockets are the Rockets of last year. And I don't think we took them, or at least I didn't take them for granted. Hell, I did a whole preview podcast uh, with Jackson uh, Gatlin from uh, the, the Locked On Rockets podcast, and we talked about how good that starting five is. The addition of Dylan Brooks, who looked like a superstar tonight. Fred Van Vliet, very, very solid veteran guard. Plus the young pieces like Jalen Green that the Utah Jazz, or excuse me, that the Houston Rockets have. Like that is a starting lineup that is good. But not as good as the Sacramento Kings starting lineup, even with De'Aaron Fox out. 
the Kings, maybe they can be outplayed a little bit, or maybe the Rockets could have a better offensive start than the Kings or a better defensive start from the, uh, than the Kings. But the Rockets came out with way more energy than the Sacramento Kings mustered at any point during this game unless it was the second unit. The Kings starting five absolutely needs to be held accountable for their terrible performance tonight. Terrible. And we can go down the list. And let's start with someone who is painful for me to talk about. My guy. My favorite player on the Sacramento Kings, not named De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, right? You know how much I love Keegan Murray. I'm the captain of the Keegan Murray fan club, right? I wanted nothing more than Keegan Murray to be drafted by the Sacramento Kings. I love number 13. I, I completely believe that he can be the all-star that the Sacramento Kings believe that he can be, 100%. But here you go. You have two games, two games with your leading scorer and your star out in De'Aaron Fox. Two games to show up or, or show off this new and improved scoring ability that you have to show off the potential ability for you to be that go-to score that the Sacramento Kings not just want you to be, but need you to be if they want to get to that championship status that they're chasing. And in those two games, Keegan Murray scored a combined 17 points, 10 against the Warriors, 7 tonight. He shot 7 of 27 from the field and 1 of 15 from three-point range. Two games. Maybe he's slumping just like the rest of the team seems to be freaking slumping right now. And again, maybe it's a team issue, not just a Keegan Murray or Kevin Herter issue. But that's not good. That's not okay. Like If you want to be that guy, if that's the guy that you believe that you can be, if that's the guy that the Kings are expecting you to become, you can't turn in performances like that, even if defenses are scouting you a little bit more and treating you like a star. Like the Golden State Warriors, the way that they treated Keegan Murray uh, on whatever night it was. Like that, they treated Keegan Murray like he was going to be the guy to beat them, and they made him struggle all night long. The Houston Rockets had Dylan Brooks on Keegan Murray a lot tonight, and Keegan struggled. Like it, that has to be significantly better. Significantly better. Again, two game sample size. I'm not freaking out. I'm not saying, you know what, Keegan Murray's not that guy. We were wrong. Kings were wrong. Maybe they should trade him for OG Ananobi. Like, no one's saying that. No one's freaking out. And if you, you are, just, like, I know it sucks tonight. Pump your brakes a little bit. It's fine. Take a deep breath. Keegan Murray is a damn good basketball player. The Sacramento Kings are in great shape with him going forward, right? But in your first true opportunity to show that you can be this guy, when the team needs you to be this guy, because the Kings don't have the luxury of, hey, there's 10, 15, 20 games. You can figure it out, Keegan. No, the Kings are trying to win as many basketball games as possible right now. So it's either kind of put up or shut up, right? And unfortunately, these two games, Keegan Murray has not lived up to those expectations. I love what Davion Mitchell provided for the Kings in the, uh, against the Warriors. And I said if, the, if he could carry that into these games against the Houston Rockets that the Kings would win, he sure as hell didn't carry it in tonight. Seven points, three of seven shooting from the field, one of four from three-point range, five assists. Didn't look like he knew what the hell to do running the first unit. I didn't see any of that Davion Mitchell off-night defensive impact that he is known for, and offensively, he didn't bring me much either. He was completely outplayed by Colby Jones. Can we be honest for a second? Colby Jones had five points, but Colby Jones came in with an intensity on the defensive end. He spaced the floor, hit a three at one point. Now, granted, Davion Mitchell did hit a three in the second half, too, but I thought Colby Jones was significantly more impactful for the Sacramento Kings and made a difference for the Kings when Davion Mitchell in that starting unit completely, you know what, the bed, out of the gate. The Kings were down by 17 points 
in the first quarter. And thanks to the play of JaVale McGee, Chris Duarte, Colby Jones, and Malik Monk, Sacramento somehow found a way to take a lead in the third quarter off of Harrison Barnes three. During that time that the Houston Rockets literally didn't score a single point for seven straight minutes. And then when the starters came back into the game, I don't know why. I think Mike Brown wanted to give Malik Monk a little bit of a rest. So he had his starters in with like eight or nine minutes to go in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. I think the Kings were down six at a time. And then the wheels completely fell off. Like the Kings starters were completely outplayed and embarrassed tonight. And as the point guard and leader of that unit, Davion Mitchell has to wear a lot of responsibility for that. Kevin Herter. I see the defensive effort that Kevin Herter is putting in. I see tangible defensive improvement in Kevin. I see the effort that he's putting in on the glass. I see him trying to do more than just score from the perimeter. If his shot's not falling, I'm going to put the ball on the floor. I'm going to try to attack the basket. I'm going to try and go back up after getting an offensive rebound, which he did a couple times tonight. I see the effort he's putting in. But Kevin Herter, you are a shooting guard. Your primary skill is perimeter shooting and scoring. And at no point this season has Kevin looked like he's capable of being that for the Sacramento Kings. He's still in that slump. Am I going to blame him more than Keegan Murray tonight? No. Am I going to blame him more than anybody else on the Sacramento Kings when over the last handful of games, really for the majority of this season, with the, uh, with the exception of the Utah Jazz game, the Kings offense has looked like a, a shell of themselves? No, I'm not going to put that all on Kevin. But Kevin, the Kings offense needs you right now. And I know you're working through a slump. And I trust Kevin to be able to get through that slump. But he can't be slumping while everybody else is slumping. At some point, he needs to come out of it or he's not capable of being the starter on this Kings team if the team is as good as they think and want to be. Kevin Herter continues to struggle. Four points, two of eight from the field, 0 of three from three-point range. Then you have DeMontis Sabonis. 11 points, five of 10 shooting from the field, 15 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, but five turnovers. Not a horrible stat line. But DeMondis Sabonis, also with De'Aaron Fox being out, he's a guy that is expected to step up. Granted, he led the Kings in scoring in their near win. They lost by one to the Golden State Warriors. But Alvin Shangoon outplayed DeMondis Sabonis for a majority of the time that they were on the floor together. I haven't looked at Shangoon's numbers. I honestly don't care. Like, I don't care about the Rockets' numbers tonight. I care about how the Sacramento Kings played. And eye test and numbers probably will tell me the exact same thing. That Shangun outworked Sabonis. Everybody on the Rockets, at least the starters, outworked the Kings starters tonight. That cannot happen. And then Harrison Barnes, too. Harrison, I think, ended up leading the starting lineup in scoring, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he led the team. Had the big three to give the Kings the lead. Had another three-pointer late. Another one of those performances was like, yeah, Harrison was there, but nobody on the Kings starting five was good. So that just has to improve. And I give a lot of credit to the Kings bench. I give a lot of credit to the Kings bench for, for keeping them in and giving them a chance. I also do think that Trey Lyles missing is also paying an imp uh, uh, having an impact on the Kings offensive struggles because I do think he's a more important piece than fans realize. And hopefully when he comes back, things will start to change for the better a little bit. But I'm not blaming the Kings struggles this season offensively on Trey Lyles being out, just like I'm not blaming De'Aaron Fox not being in or being healthy for the Kings missing wide open three-pointers like they've 
unfortunately done consistently all season long to this point. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by PrizePix. What is PrizePix? PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And here's the best thing. It's just you versus the PrizePix projections. You're not playing against thousands of other players, which of course include the Sharks and pros out there that literally make a living off of something that's supposed to be a fun hobby for you. It's just you picking more or less than the prize picks projections for multiple different stats and multiple different sports for two to six players. For example, in the NBA, right, for uh, let's say Monday's game against the Houston Rockets, Monday's rematch, you'll have a projection of DeMondis Sabonis, 13 and a half rebounds. Let's say you take the over on that, plus you take uh, Dylan Brooks, uh, you take minus or, 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 excuse me, you take less than the 20 and a half points per game that is Dylan Brooks, uh, Brooks projection. So there's two right there. That's enough to make one entry. But you can go up to six and win up to 25 times your entry. And now with basketball and football happening simultaneously, you can do combo projections in the specials league, which is a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports. For example, like LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 or 10 and a half combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. There's so many different fun ways for you to play. Plus, PrizePix offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay even. And it's also like an insurance policy, right? Let's say that you take De'Aaron Fox for a projection and he, knock on wood, gets hurt in the first half. Well, it's not going to punish you for him only playing half of a game. It'll reset for you. They offer quick withdrawals for when you win. You can get your money easily. Go to pricepix.com slash NBA. Use code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 100 and $50 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So pick a game this weekend, right? Pick whatever game that you think is like the, the most sure bet. Even if you putting $5 down means you're only going to win a dollar if it actually happens. That doesn't matter because it's not that dollar you're worried about. It's the 150 bonus bets that you will get on top of that dollar for you to make even more money, keep playing, and have more fun on all the different ways that you can bet on FanDuel, whether it's spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the perfect time to do so. Hey, check it out. We saw the NBA in-season tournament tip-off a couple nights ago, and the action was pretty good. I'm excited to see how the Sacramento Kings approach their opening uh, of the in-season tournament next week against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Has the Sacramento Kings as the 15th best or highest odds to actually win the tournament. However, in their group, Western Group C, they have the second worst odds of making it out of the group. So maybe that's a great place for you to make some money on FanDuel and have a lot of fun. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So there's an actual benefit. There's multiple benefits, but there's a significant benefit, I think, for the Sacramento Kings that they're playing the same t team twice in a row. You just got your ass kicked. You got your ass kicked. There's no other way to put it. The Houston Rockets, who are a team that you know you are better than, with or without De'Aaron Fox, kicked your ass. You have a day to regroup, and you get to go right back up against them again, correct your mistakes, and send a message. And that's exactly what I want to see from the Sacramento Kings. First and foremost, I know the Kings are two and three. I know they just got their ass kicked by the Houston Rockets. Do not 
rush De'Aaron Fox back. Don't do it. If he's not ready, keep him out. I know he wants to play. I know he wants to suit up and go to war for, with his guys. I know he wants to go to war for Sacramento fans and get this team back to 500. I admire that about De'Aaron Fox. There, I want to see what this Kings team can do, how they can respond without their star to carry them out of it by himself. I want to see the starters come out with intensity. I want to see this Kings team look like they are a completely different team from what they were tonight on Monday. I want to see a message sent, not just to the Houston Rockets, but to the entire league, right? I want to see the Sacramento Kings go, we're two and three, we're figuring things out, we're still improving, but this offense that everybody should be scared of, we still very much have it. It's still very much who we are. Reestablish yourself on the offensive end of the ball Correct your mistakes. Send a message. I would love to see the Kings beat the you-know-what out of the Rockets on Monday. But a win, regardless of how they get it, is what needs to happen, right? There is no way that the Sacramento Kings can go back to Sacramento with their tail tucked between their legs with back-to-back losses to the Houston Rockets and an 0-3 road trip. That is not acceptable by any means. No matter what it takes, find a way to win on Monday. But ideally... You win on Monday by reminding everybody that you're the Sacramento Kings, that you're the Pacific Division champions, that you're the third seed from last season, and you're a team that believes you can compete for a championship. Show it to me. Make me believe. Make the biggest Kings homer in the freaking world believe it. Because if I'm having troubles, you know everybody else is. I have a lot. I have high expectations for the Kings on Monday. And I wish I could hit a fast-forward button. And I bet those Kings players in the locker room, in their hotels tonight, whatever, I bet they're chomping at the bit to get back out there and, and show that that's not who they are. That's what I expect of them, and I do expect them to bounce back. I feel pretty confident that Monday is going to go pretty well. Mike Brown likes to break his seasons down into five-game chunks, right? He calls them his five-game, like, mini-seasons. This first five-game chunk, the Kings went two and three. The minimum expectation for Mike Brown and the Kings, and this is from Mike, this is not from me, the minimum expectation is three and two. So they've already failed that. They go two and three. Here's their next group. Houston, Portland, OKC, Cleveland, Los Angeles. I intentionally left out which games are at home and which games on the road because to me that does not matter. Five games, five very winnable games. The expectation is absolutely the Kings go three and two over this. I hope it's 4-1. and one. I don't think 5-0 and is off the table at all. But if they're going to go 5-0, and oh, they got to get back to the offense that they had before. And probably they have to get De'Aaron Fox back sooner rather than later. It's a tough night for the Kings. It's a tough night for Sacramento sports. Again, it's not the end of the world. There are things to be concerned about, especially with the Kings and their offensive identity. That's a little MIA right now. How are you feeling about it? You heard me rant about it. Let me know how you're doing. At Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Appreciate your support. I have full faith that the Kings will be able to bounce back. That doesn't mean we can't get a little hot and disappointed with how they played, certainly in tonight's game. We'll see how they respond. Can't wait for Monday. Of course, you can join me on the post-game edition of the Locked on Kings podcast. After that game, I will see you then. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.